It is now 5.37. With days to go to the November 1st local government election, some political parties are complaining about the destruction of their posters. They say that several displayed on lampposts have been damaged, while others have been defaced on social media. Or defaced, rather. SABC's reporter Salma Patel has more. A poster on a light pole is the very backbone of a political party's campaign to catch the eye and the heart of the voter. In any election, a poster has become the norm, even though social media is an attractive marketing tool. One of the parties who have complained about posters being defaced, damaged or discarded is the Minority Front or MF. Leader Shamin Thakur Rajbansi says the heat is on. It's very disappointing. You put them up the one night and the next morning they all off and there are other posters in our, uh, on the polls. But the surprising thing was that you couldn't find the poster anywhere on the ground. So we knew something was really, uh, you know, amiss. You know, you need to have proof. You need to photograph someone actually camping with your poster. As you know, the electoral law comes into operation during elections and we have to report it to the IEC. Mr. Rajbansi used to always say that you win elections on a uh, post-war. And we were very good at that post-war, but we never uh, did anything illegal. And I am very distressed that today it's become so rampant. Meanwhile, an opposition party is defacing ANC candidate Previn Verdon's posters online, which he says is actually working in his favour. One of my posters or poster images was edited and we could say defaced online. It's been shared mainly on TikTok and other social media platforms as well. Although it does seem to be getting a lot of uh, views, a lot of hits, a lot of positive comments as well. So although this can be seen as a negative, it's been largely positive as well. It keeps the attention on what's relevant. It gets more eyes on our campaign. And of course, we must always have a sense of humor. The fact that people are finding a need to do this or to put attention on myself shows that there is a threat, shows that our campaign is gaining momentum. Another party that's also had posters ripped off light poles and destroyed is the Active Citizens Coalition, or ACC. Here is ACC Secretary-General Mohammed Batman Ismail. It is unfortunate that our posters are being ripped off. From Chatsworth to Phoenix, even here in Overport, candidates have been very, very despondent because they spent a lot of time putting up those posters. At least one candidate has opened a case with the, uh, South, Africa, with the South African Police Services, and we are in the process of uh, reporting to the IEC. But unfortunately, we don't have evidence of who these people are, although we have suspicions. ACC is a new party, new kid on the block. We've rocked the establishment boat. So perhaps we are targeted, perhaps we're not. But deep down, Mahat, I know we are being targeted. And uh, look, good for them, whoever's ripping it off. Well done to you. We carry on with our work. Earlier this month, the DA in KwaZulu-Natal apologised for and removed its controversial posters in Phoenix that read, The ANC called you racists, the DA calls you heroes. The IFP also came under fire after it released an election infographic on social networks in support of traditional leadership with the picture of Amazulu King Misuzulu Kazuelatini. The Amazulu royal household has said in a statement that the king has always been above party politics. Now, if a party is found guilty of destroying another party's posters, the Independent Electoral Commission, or IEC, says there are serious repercussions. Newsbreak producer Hussein Ibrahim explains. 
destroying, removing or defacing posters of other political parties goes against the Electoral Code of Conduct. Any person who breaches the code is guilty of a criminal offence and can be fined or sent to prison for up to 10 years. Now, political parties that breach the code can be fined up to 200,000 rand have to give up the party's election deposit, be stopped from working in an area, have their votes in an area cancelled or they can have their party registration cancelled. The IEC urges people to report any breach of the electoral code to the electoral court. The poster wars are set to intensify as the election draws nearer. The country has such a wide gap between the haves and the have-nots that many parties are reluctant to rely on social media only in case they don't get the attention of the unemployed or underprivileged voter. So for them, a poster is the way to go. With such a large number of candidates and parties and a dwindling number of light poles available, as the saying goes, watch this space. I'm Salma Patel in Durban. Now that's why I'm asking you, what is your impression of the campaigns by independent candidates, political parties and local community-led groups to win your vote? Uh, let's continue this conversation now because this election campaign has seen many political parties either capitalize on their campaign messaging and branding, while some have missed the mark completely. For more on the narrative that political parties have engaged in ahead of Monday's election, we're now joined on the line by branding specialist Dr. Kutle uh, Zwakalala, uh, Zwakala, I beg your pardon, and later we will speak to independent political analyst Kanye Magubani. But let's start with you, Dr. Zwakala. A very good morning to you. What would be your analysis of the messaging in some of the party posters and advertisements during this election campaign period? Good morning, Elvis. Um, look, I've, I've certainly observed um, the, the aggressive banning strategies that have been um, applied by uh, particularly the SS has caught my eye, right? I remember this uh, This brand is only eight years old. Uh, they are the, the third biggest political party opposition in the country, right? And they've been very aggressive, particularly with um, traditional media. I mean, your posters, um, are huge big I mean, billboards. Um, there's certainly investment behind um, their strategy, right? But, I mean, conversely to that, uh, if you remember 2016, the previous local election, it was the ANC that had really embarked on this aggressive uh, uh, marketing bank strategy. I mean, they were all over airports, uh, similarly the billboards, so on and so forth. But obviously this time around, I think they, their financial woes have really costed their, their campaign. Right, so so I think notably uh, the EFF have certainly been aggressive uh, in their young brand. However, I'm not truly convinced that um, uh, they would really um, win a metro outright because they're, they're still a young brand. People are still uh, absorbing their message. Seemingly, they say the right things to their own target audience, um, but I think and and and, and uh, subsequent to that, they've really invested. Um, in instilling their brand with the youth. Mm-hmm. However, I think they can only leverage uh, that in the next three or four elections. And to think that they will win a metro now, I think it would be a bit ambitious from a brand point of view. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the big two. What do you make of the DA often juxtaposing itself against the failures of the ANC? Is that good brand? Is that good for the brand DA? Uh, because also this also means that they often give the brand ANC free airtime. Um, DA in recent years have really been 
um, they've, uh, they've really presented themselves as a as a confused brand, as an incoherent brand from within. Um, they've, they've clearly got a, a an, an identity crisis, right? Certainly, their brand is perceived as as that of a racist brand, and um, the other interview that their leader had. But Gary Clear from that platform on the other day certainly didn't have uh, didn't do them any favors, right? I, I did say um, um, I think the DA, I mean the DA leader, they really uh, missed an opportunity um, to to dispel this racist notion, right? As he watched this other figure really um, um, bullying um, a lady. So I, I suspect that look, their brand is definitely diminishing. Mm-hmm. And the leader doesn't certain look at uh, John Stainer from a brand point of view. He's not really a, a sellable brand persona, and I think um, he's, he's, he's really becoming a liability to the brand because the, remember uh, Helen Zeller really tried to reposition this gay brand uh, to be more inclusive. Uh, he introduced the likes of Mazuboko, Lindio Mazuboko, Patricia Deleuze, Maimane, Bonikosma, you name them, right? And at some point, they really found it believable, but they were soon jettisoned that the day racist establishment, as far as perceptions are concerned, it really rejected these black people, right? So I think in the context of uh, South African politics, um, I, I, I don't see them growing their, uh, their numbers. In fact, I think they will decrease purely based on um, their identity crisis. Mm-hmm. From a communications point of view, have the smaller parties been able to permeate through the loudness of the larger parties, you think? Look, s- s- smaller parties uh, will always uh, remain relevant. Uh, look, they, um, look, in my view, they, the smaller parties that are really resilient, um, they're relevant, and, and they resonate with the smaller sections of the community, of the society at large. Right. For instance, if you look at um, um, brands like like your UDMs, I mean, really a reputable brand, really believable brand, and I think um, uh, it is up to up to them, perhaps from an ideological point of view, to really grow their brand. If you look at the good party, they really got a good. Um, uh, sorry, <laughs> excuse the, the the pun. They've got a, a good, a reputable brand persona behind them in a form of. Patricia Delille, a known uh, pan-Africanist. Um, Freedom Front Plus, again, there's certainly a big pocket of, uh, so, of South Africans that, that can relate to this brand. And hence, you will see that this brand, uh, it, it, I mean, similarly to the uh, ISP as well and, and one or two others, uh, these are very small parties, but they've been resilient over time. They refuse to die. Certainly, there are certain people that believe that 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 still represented, hence um, the, the, the 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 relevance. I I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was that issue of the EFF handing over an SUV to the uh, SUV to the Abba Temple King. Where does one draw the line in a campaign like this? Look, I think there's a there's a disconnect there. Look, uh, obviously the EFS is clearly they they are desperate. Similarly to to John Stenhazen, the EFS is desperate. Um, they've been on the ground, as I'm saying, I can be very aggressive. And um, look, uh, Abatimbu King is a uh, is a likable person um, to his uh, to his nation, so to speak, but. From a, from a political advocacy point of view, he I don't think anyone would really uh, listen to him 
purely on the uh, on that basis for, for from that political advocacy. Uh, he's been with the ANC. He's been with the DA. Uh, now with the EFF uh, being lured by an ML uh, that apparently there is no longer manufactured. Um, so I don't think he, he, he really has, as much as the king, I don't think he really has, uh, he can really send a believable, believable, uh-huh. believable political, political message. Sorry, Because from a, a public relations standpoint, it is almost as if the EFF is seen as uh, buying votes. Again, I'm saying uh, those are desperate um, uh, moves, and uh, I don't think they will yield any uh, any positive results. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, look, uh, if uh, I'm, I'm afraid, if the EFF doesn't win any major metro, um, this may just be uh, this may just dampen the spirit. This yes. may just be the demise of their, I mean, of their brand. I thank you so much for your thoughts. Branding specialist, Dr. Gushle uh, Swakala, I beg your pardon. And then, of course, I'm asking you that question, your impression of the campaigns by political parties, local community-led groups, as well as independent candidates to win your vote. Let me know what's on your mind. You can let me know on the Facebook page, Twitter handle, as well as on this number, 011-714-8999. Let me know what's on your mind. Now, with days to go to November 1st, local government elections, political parties and independent candidates are going into overdrive to convince voters to vote for them. And that's why we're asking you that question. What is your impression of these campaigns by political parties, local local community-led groups, as well as independent candidates to win your vote? Let me know. We're joined now on the line uh, by Kanye Magubane uh, to tell us more about uh, uh, the issues on the ground. He's a political analyst. A very good morning to you and welcome, uh, Ms. Uh, Magubane. A very good morning to you, Elvis. Now, what would you say is the political landscape of the country just days before the election, ma'am? Well, I think that it's a very difficult one. In fact, I don't think there's any political party that can go into these elections uh, with full confidence because each party has their own set of challenges ahead of this um, elections. And we know that there's been... Uh, widely and, you know, publicly documented, whether you're talking about the ANC and um, its bitter infighting and sectional politics or the DA and its tricky race and racialism, um, you know, type of stand, whether you're talking about the EFF in the Eastern Cape with traditional leadership, you know, uh, you know, donating cards to traditional leadership or Action SA, the new kids on the block who've really come in um, quite heavily and have made an impact in just a very short space of time. It's been a landscape that's been marred by a lot of, uh, I would say, exposing that the center is not holding anymore. We are dealing with the worst load shedding just days before the elections, and this doesn't bode well for any political party because um, voters are feeling this, you know, disenfranchised. You know, nobody wants to sit in the dark day in, day out, and then turn around and having to vote for a political party when they're not particularly feeling confident. So I think right now all political parties just need to brace themselves 
I don't think it's a clear-cut win for any political party at this stage. Mm -hmm. Now, the ruling African National Congress goes into this election with many challenges. What has the ANC done, perhaps, wrong in how it positions itself in the eyes of the electorate, and what can they do better? Well, I think for starters, what they can do better is communicate with a proper singular message that almost, I would say, presents a united front. So protect the public from your infighting. That's the first thing you can do, because once your proletariat gets a sense that, um, you know, there's fractures, there's fractures and that um, the party that they've put their, their faith in is no longer a party that's united and strong, that automatically makes you know, an ordinary voter start to look for another political home where they will get that sense of, you know, being on the same page that they are voting for a party with a vision that's concerned about their uh, well-being. And I think what the ANC has done wrong is allow itself, you know, to be dragged into the court of public opinion, you know, and to allow itself to show the public that the center is no longer holding and that it is a deeply divided party. So I think in that uh, particular instance, that's what they've done spectacularly wrong. And the DA, on the other hand, since the dawn of democracy, said it is not a whites-only party and that it acknowledged the struggles of the majority of black people of this country. But its party leader failed to act when broadcaster Gareth Cliff was dismissing the lived experience of a black woman. What do you make of that? Well, the DA has always had very tricky race relations. Well, remember that when they released their um, policies about a year or two ago, um, they had a policy that was quite controversial on race, and they said something to the effect that for them, um, race is not a proxy for disadvantage and that they don't acknowledge it. And the the big problem, uh, Elvis, is that they want the black voter. They do say they're a non-racist um, or that they are a multiracial political party, and yet they still struggle with race relations. They still struggle, um, you know, with presenting a, a multiracial front. You have people like Fandam, who come out very strongly um, exposing what's happening within the DA, um, the racism. You know, she's spoken very harshly about why John Stern Hazen and Natasha Mazzoni were the reasons why she left. You know, the sidelining, the backstabbing, the betrayals. We've seen the DA also wanting um, their black voters to sign uh, for, for the land um, you know, speaking against the land claims. So I don't think they've quite got it right yet, you know, how to actually serve a black voter. Yes, they want the voter to increase their power and footprint, but do they know, you know, what is really at the heart of black voters and how to service those needs? I'm not so sure. I think that the DA has got a long way to go before it actually fixes its race relations. I thank you so much. That was branding specialist, uh, in fact, not uh, independent political analyst, Kanye Magubani, joining us on the line earlier. We had the branding specialist, Dr. Kusle Zwakala. What's your take on all of this? Let me take a look at what you are telling me on the WhatsApp line. Uh, this one says, all political parties to include independent candidates uh, got it wrong this time.
they waited until late to lure us with lies and empty promises. As for ESCOM, please suspend load shedding until the 2021 matric exams are concluded, says that's one on side. Morning, Elvis. There's nothing new. Politicians are promising the same things which they failed to achieve in the past without even noticing that they have been promising people all these things for the past 15 years. Still, no service delivery, no jobs, no water, no roads, no houses. It's pathetic. Corruption is more prevalent, says Katani Shibambe in Moyesha village. And you can do the same, and you can also do so on the WhatsApp line. Uh, this one says, good morning, Elvis Jumbo, Africa, John Wick or no John Wick? Someone out there is doing a very good job of eradicating crime, something that the police force failed to do as usual. Big ups to John Wick. And uh, that is their view. And uh, this one coming up, by the way, from Anonymous. So it's their view. Uh, So what's your take on all of this? You can still let me know on the Facebook page, on the Twitter handle, as well as on the SMS line. You continue this conversation on all the social media pages throughout the day. You can also call us right now before we close up on 011-714-8999 and send us those WhatsApps on uh, WhatsApp, uh, keep them short and sweet on 082-692-3909. If I take a look on uh, the Twitter handle, this one from Akwecha says, most of the independent candidates are saying similar things. Lack of service delivery, but as of how are they going to change that remains to be seen if voted into power. Pramoro says the biggest parties that are already governing certain municipalities are only good in promising what they will never deliver. Like Kaiser Chiefs. I wish the independent candidates the best of luck, like Mamalodi Sundowns, to help develop South Africa. Chambo Africa. Good morning, South Africa, says Bramoro. And that's where we got to leave it. We can't get to all of your comments, but we'll see you bright and early. Same time, same place tomorrow morning from the team, Asanda Antame. Stagazelo Dlamini, Molabuheng Golwako, Apiwe Anono, and Sasanda Jonas, our senior producer, Aubrey Lambofu, technical producer, Mark Preller, and executive producer, Vutsila Koto. My name is Elvis Preston. We'll see you bright and early, same time, same place. Ciao for now. Arrivederci.